What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This Haberman of Middlecoff segment is brought to you by Ease.com and EaseWellness.com. Promo code HAM. And MyBookie.ag. Promo code HAM and the number one. HAM1. And it's brought to you by BoxOfAwesome.com and the promo code HAM. BoxOfAwesome.com, promo code HAM. And we're not done, guy. No. LegacyBox.com slash HAM. LegacyBox.com slash HAM. Now to the segment. Andrew Luck, we already got into it a little bit. Uh, it'll be one of those sports moments. I'll never forget where I was the moment I saw. I got the alert from Bleacher, which is like one out of every ten alerts I want. But that one I got, and I was happy I got it. That's the reason you stay. Click yes on alerts. Um, it was wild. We've talked over the years, you and I, about Andrew and his health. And you're always like, ah, is he going to make it to the years? And I'm always like, he's going to be fine. 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 Remember, the, he remember when he hurt his fine. shoulder and then he hurt it again snowboarding and we found out later? Yeah. Or how about this thing where it was a hamstring and then randomly Jim Ursay says he's a bone issue? It's like what it turns out is there's he's probably more hurt than everyone than than we really know, right? Because I don't think we know about all his injuries. Well, we don't. We and, never and have. Two, the one thing we found out, if you either watched the press conference or read about it, he was not going to play week one. Well, can one thing I think we're out of touch this, with. You had a great this. I think you're going to say what I think you're going to say, and you had a, this was a great. Well, tweet I, I think night. the way we're talking about this right now would be the equivalent of like we'll get into Mahomes and Jimmy la- later, but just like Jimmy Garoppolo or, Ma- or Mahomes. Obviously, they'd be a little older, but just retired. Their starting quarterback, like in theory, retired, but he is not their starting quarterback. He has not played. I think I read somewhere he's had like three practices, guys, since April. And Ballard talked about last night. He's like, we've been dealing with this this injury. It's weird to see like Luck was asked about it, and he held off at first, and he realized like I'm fucking retired. So then he starts going into the details. Of like the all these words that no one really knows, but how it went from his calf to his ankle to the high ankle sprain to the bone. You're like Jesus. He's like, my frustration is I'm not even close to being ready. I don't know if I have a degenerate leg. He, th- there is a chance I, coming away from his press conference guy that he missed the entire season with a fucked up leg. So if 
if Philip Rivers retired tomorrow, they would be that would be insane. I'm not saying this isn't insane, but they would have lost their starting quarterback. Jacoby Brissett is the, has been their starting quarterback all of training camp, and it and it sure looked like he was more than likely going to start Week One, whether this guy was you know on the team or not. And more than likely, right, after so- hear luck talk, he might have been the fucking starter like all of the first month. Right. No, it's a good point, and I. I'm think just saying it's a curveball into the story, which isn't black and white like the dude just up and left right before the season, right? Yeah, where you say like, oh, he just he left the team in a lurch two weeks before the season was supposed to be is supposed to begin. It's like, well, to your point, well, he wasn't going to be the quarterback week one. It's it'd be different, right, if he had not been battling any injuries and just decided, you know what, I want to travel the world with my well, wife. Well, guy, I think he talked about it last night. He would not. It only entered his mind when, like, a week and a half ago, everyone keeps telling him, we're not quite sure, you're kind of fucked, like, you're screwed, This it's not going away. If he was just playing, this, these were not coming into his mind. He acknowledged that. It's just the, the relentless rehab of rehab of rehab, the thinking, what is going on? I, I truly believe that his body... Over, like, you know, Yao, I think he's basically like a Yao Ming or Brandon Roy. The difference is... Those guys had a degenerate injury, or those guys had a major injury for a guy, people super, especially Yao, you know, foot injuries, like his body was going to wear and tear, and then they had a major injury, but Yao's even talked about it. I think at like a world championship in the mid-2000s, he played for China and made it a lot worse. Luck talked about how he had made injuries worse in the past trying to be a tough guy when he was already hurt. And I, I think this blood on, blood on, like that was a lot of Ryan Grigson has created this by as Warren Sharp tweeted out, there was no player his first four years in the league hit, sacked more, pressured more, and just hit more than Andrew Luck by a pretty wide margin. And yeah, he's enormous, but his body gave out on him. Like that's what I, I don't think it's that. Everyone's trying to make this something that else, like it's pretty simple. He's, he's, he might just be screwed. He's like, Look at him like a Brandon Roy or a Yao Ming, not like Roethlisberger just leaving right now. That's where I think we're kind of lost. And all the players then get all this victimhood. It takes like on a life of its own, as we talked about. But yeah. I, I think it's... Which can we, can we just talk about... Ant, Ant, like, I want to get to yeah, all Yeah, I stuff, think it's pretty... I, I just don't think it's that talk complicated about, why he's... I, I think he's... I would imagine the last week and a half someone told him, like, you might not be able to play this season. And if I would have told you that, and if you're Andrew Luck and you've already missed basically a season and a half over the last three years, and you've already been struggling and struggling, you start thinking, what if it's always going to be something? What if you're just, I'm over. Like, it's just done. And I know Charles Woodson tweeted, like, year eight, I had the same thought. The difference, I think, if you look at, like, Charles has battled injuries, that I think Luck started thinking, like, my career is over. Like, I might never be on the field. He hasn't been able to practice. Like he cannot even practice. So I, 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 I don't think it's really that nuts. Like, I mean, it, it is, it is crazy, but it's not as nuts as everyone's making it out to be. When you dive deep and you listen to him talk, and basically, I, I can't play right now. I'm not. If well, we played a game this week, I'm not there. I'm on street clothes. What makes it even less nuts is he's already made a generational amount of money. And then on top of that, it's not just that he can't stay healthy. It's that through whatever rehab he does. I got the number at $97 million, I think I saw on Spot Track. Does that include the $30 million they're, they're letting him keep? 
Yeah, because they factor in the bonus you get. So he like gotcha. he has ninety seven million dollars. Now he was gonna have to give back twenty four or whatever, and Ursa just said keep it. Well, I thought he was gonna give back twelve. Yeah, whatever it is. What, whatever the number was that he's allowed to keep his actual money, because the way NFL contracts work, your bonus is a huge part of the money that you get that they prorate over the years. Right. So he's right. he made ninety seven million dollars, and he was. I forget the exact campaigns, but I've definitely seen him in commercials, right? Like, he's not – I would imagine locally he had a couple big ones, don't you think? He's he's made some cash. Yeah. So, that's one is the cash, and two is it's not as if he's, from what he told us, rehabbing to get ready to do something, and, and, and part of his motivation is love. His motivation, he didn't – like, he didn't love it anymore because it had taken his joy. The injuries. It, his joy had been taken. So, how are you supposed to get ready – you know, so for all the, well, we're getting into people calling him soft and all that other shit. But the bottom line is, whatever you, th- he didn't feel that anymore. Didn't feel it, and for obvious reasons. And on top of that, didn't need to do it. So, and like, and and I think your point's a really important one because it's not like just tough it out and see if you can get us to the Super Bowl this year. Well, he wasn't going to be toughing it out week one. He just wasn't going to be playing. Yeah, that's when I see that everyone in the organization was shocked. And I did see the athletic writer that covers them. Like, there might be some more stuff to come out. Is there is there something going to come out that the team thought he was good and he thought he wasn't? Like, that's, I don't know. Because sure. when I hear Andrew talk, I think this is a guy that feels like he has, like, a career-ending injury. Because that's not really how it's being discussed right now, right? It was just like, oh, he just got some ankle pain. He was going to be good to go really soon. That's not how he talked. He acted like his ankle issue is a major problem, and even Ursa. Well, if he was going to be, yeah, if he was going to be ready to roll here with a month more of physical therapy, what, you know? Because well, again, back to just on well, the most basic element. If in his mind he was one hundred percent not playing early in the season, where I think a lot of people, the way they're talking about it, just feel like he was going to start week one. That's that's where I think is completely lost now. Like he and they play the Chargers right week one, and that's a pretty big game. So it's probably one of the bigger matchups week one, right? On paper before yesterday, Luck versus Rivers and just two playoff teams. Not that's not you know Sunday, Monday, or Thursday night football. It, it, you could right. I, I'd have to look, but it might be the biggest non primetime game of the week when you just factor in the two teams. Right, two teams coming off double digit win teams, which I think before Luck retired, they would have been in a short list. Besides, like, the Patriots. Just if you subtract the Patriots, they would have been the list of six or seven teams that people would think could win the Super Bowl, right? Chargers and the Colts. And probably even yeah. a little more the Colts and the Chargers because the, the Chargers kind of carry that, oh, they're always going to blow it. People are like, Luck's going to win one. That's what I think is the craziest yeah, I, part about last night. No, that – see – oh, go ahead. I was going to say, like, this is a guy who we've just been waiting to become one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Yeah, like rattle off some MVPs, win a couple Super Bowls, uh – the perfect prospect, John. Yeah. I mean, he, he was the perfect prospect. Then he kind of lived up to it, right? Because his first three years, I, I saw someone tweet last night that it's rare we talk about it a lot and we throw this out like, can the quarterback put his team on his back and just carry them? People are like, well, we all witnessed luck to it three straight years, like double-digit wins every year. I mean, you can say the division was down, whatever you want. Motherfucker carried a group of relatively average players the worst GM, you could argue, in NFL history. The head coach, who seems like a really nice guy, probably not a good head coach, good defensive coordinator, not a good head coach, and willed them. Like, the best coach Luck ever had in Indy 
before Frank. We'll see. But this guy's better than Frank as we sit here right now. Arians left a year in. And Luck just carried the franchise. First year playoffs after the number one pick. They didn't win. They didn't win a playoff game. Second year, playoffs again. They win a playoff game. Third year, he wins two playoff games, guy. And had one historic, that game against the Chiefs. I mean, the guy was just a legend. I mean, I don't think there's any way around it. He's just, in his short period of time. Yeah, it was, I would say, I would say everything, everybody that thought he was going to be one of the greats only felt encouraged after watching the early part of his career that they were right, Let's myself say, included. I'd say the last 15 years, whenever, probably a little more than that, was 16. The three most hyped players coming into a draft had been LeBron James, Bryce Harper, and Andrew Luck. LeBron's probably the most unique just because of the hype on him in high school, and he exceeded everything and became second or third best player ever. Harper for baseball clearly was on a different level than every other prospect. Now, talent-wise, maybe he's not the best, but just the hype. And luck for football for sure, right? I mean, I I think it was, you could, universally, everyone would agree. The suck for luck things, the best prospect since Elway, like that, that was never getting thrown out before, and it hasn't even been sniffed after that you go, all three lived up, LeBron's the best case, Luck has probably been better than Harper, you know, just like super tangible on the field stuff. Now it's harder baseball to pair it, like compare it. It's tough too because Bryce, Bryce had a season that was one of the greatest seasons in baseball history. Yeah, and Luck and Luck had just some fantastic seasons too. But bottom line, like they all three hit, all three were massive swings. Like LeBron's a walk off grand slam game seven of the World Series. Bryce is probably like a standing triple. You would have called Luck like. A home run, but it's going to be interesting. I mean, he only made it till 29. It's not all of his fault, but everyone would argue he was elite, but there was kind of a polarizing group of people that kind of thought he was a little overhyped. Now, is it race because he's white? I, I don't know. I mean, a lot of people on Twitter, guy, always felt for like a five-year period he was an overhyped player. There, yeah. There is like that, that. That's not made up, right? That, is that fair to bring that up? That there were a strong group of people in football that just thought the, the hype was a little strong once he got to the NFL. Which, yeah, that he had not, that, that, because he threw a lot I of think picks. a lot of it, I think a lot of it was Cam versus Andrew because Cam won a Super Bowl and won an MVP. And so it became well, he didn't win thing. a Super Bowl. Well, I'm sorry, went to a Super Bowl. Well, and, I, and I think Russ, people, Russ did win the Super Bowl. It was those three guys. And that's that's what I'm saying. The race element. I always felt like it was Cam versus Andrew. See, I thought that's it was Russ. I thought it was okay. a lot of Russ versus Andrew too. But the argument from the Luck people were like, "Do you understand how much better Luck?" And there was RG three because he won the Rookie of the Year. Over. I, I'm telling you, there's a huge race component on this. Like, I'm sorry, no one's propping him up because he's white. He's just one of the best players we've all ever seen. RG three won the Rookie of the Year. They ran a fake offense, and then when they tried to run a normal offense, he got his fucking brains beat in. And Cam Newton and Russell West and Russell Wilson are elite players. Like at the end of the day, Cam wins Super Bowl. I, I'm kind of coming around a little bit on Cam and Russell Wilson. You know what he did after about year five? He became an Andrew Luck level player. Like I think the last couple of years we've seen of Russell Wilson to me has become one of the all time great players. Like I have no problem arguing that. But the first four or five years, he was not that guy. Like he transformed. Well, what? Yeah. What he was not early, which is what Cam and Andrew were or what you originally said, which is the quarterback who really can't. Now, but Cam was more hit or miss. Cam had a defense. Yeah, yeah, no, I know. 
but just at their best, they put the team on their back. Now, like I said, Cam did have a defense. Well, they, it, but and that was the argument for Luck, too. They both had defenses. No doubt. At their best, though, Cam and Andrew, I thought, put teams on their back. 100%. Uh, and I think Russ can do that now. I, yeah, I agree. But I don't think that, like, when he was winning, like, when they were in the postseason really winning, that's not what it is. I, I think it's really special when you take a look back. All three. Like Cam and Luck were forces of nature. Yeah. And I, you could even say what Russell is now. When you take a step back, all three guys are pretty special to the sport. Like, they are. Two of them are. One of them was. One of them was. Are you convinced he's never coming back? Well, I think in the back of his mind, because that's, that's another narrative, that, like, part of the reason you give him money, I got news for everyone, the part of the reason anyone gives anyone money is because of their expectations, unless it's your parents or, like, you're giving it to your wife. And even then, you could argue there are some expectations on some other shit. So it's like this notion of, like, it's just no one does just gives money for the good of themselves. That's not how the world works. So, yeah, did Ursay let him keep the bonus maybe because he's hoping he comes back? Of course. Welcome to America. Two, is there a chance that they really like him? They know that he got his ass kicked. That's part of it. But I, I think if they've been around Andrew pretty long, I don't think he would have just randomly done this. I think he's a broken man right now. A broken man. Now, sometimes when you're a broken man, it's one thing if you're a broken man when you're like 60 or 70. It's like, like by the end of my dad's life, he just had had enough. Like, it, it was just kind of tapped. It was, it was done, you know? But when you're a broken man when you're 30 or 40 or it's, you still have a lot left in your life, it's easy to battle back. Now, at certain times in your life, it takes longer. Like, maybe you take a six-month break. Maybe you quit your job for a little while. But it's easier to kind of like get your fire back, right? Recharge the batteries. Well, he is 29, but the problem for recharging his batteries at the end of the day in the back of his mind, if he always goes, well, my body's going to let me down. So even if I do feel fresh in a year, he'll always have to me like, well, if I roll my ankles, it's just going to, am I going to be out six weeks? And that to me is the curveball on this. Like I, I think Willis is a good example. And I think a lot of the guys that have retired, let's just use those two recent memory. I don't think Andrew Luck or Patrick Willis ever played for money. Like, I, they made a lot of money, and they became Hall of Fame-level players, and Willis probably a little closer. But, like, the the way they played on Sunday and worked and approached the sport had nothing to do with cash. And I always believe the best players, like the two best athletes of my lifetime, Michael Jordan and Tiger Woods, when you got them in their element, it wasn't about the cash. Now, they made the most cash, but they played to win. And I think a lot of guys, like, when I saw that clip of Michael Irvin going ape shit before the Miami game, you know what that guy, like, what differentiated him from, because he was never the fastest guy. Like, what that, that, that passion and that, like, Michael Irvin did not play football for the money. Now, he liked the money and liked everything that came with it. When you have a guy who's not driven by money, they are a little bit of a wild card in life. Like, I, I, I'm a little dependent on money. I, but I've never been driven by money. I don't think you are either. Like, I, I don't think about now I'm dependent on it to live and you need it. But once you get to a point... If I got to a point where I was making just, I probably never make their money, but let's just say a couple million dollars a year and doing it four or five years, and I became unhappy, or just any person that is not driven by money, they are a wild card to be like, fuck it, I can just go do something else. And that factor, I'm not smart, so my options are limited. That's what makes Andrew the ultimate wild card is because he's a genius. I mean, he's literally, and I told you this back when I was scouting. I'm like, I'm telling you, bro, you go around Stanford, you talk to the guys, you just around the program, it's a little different. Like, they're just a little more worldly because they literally are 
4.0 students in high school usually and the elite football players. Like De La Salle played St. Thomas Aquinas. The wide receiver who I swore to God looks like Randy Moss is going to Georgia. I would imagine he's not a 4.0 student. Now he might be, but I'd say the likelihood, you know, he might not be that smart. And you know what? It doesn't matter. He'll probably go on to be an NFL guy one day and make millions. But his options, why a lot of people play football, is because that's by far their best option to make a lot of cash. Like Andrew Luck, one, he's not driven by the money, and two, he realized, like, I can do other shit. You don't, were you going to go work for an architectural engineer company? No, I'll start my own, (laughs) right? Because now I have the money to do it. Like, I just think that's where, I don't know if he's ever coming back. Because he's not, like, Patrick, why'd Patrick Willis never come back? Because he legitimately quit because his feet were fucked up. Money means nothing to him. He loves playing football, and he hates not being himself. I'm not pretending to, like, how could I have a guess as to whether or not Luck comes back, right, with, like, any real accuracy? Because he is really young. Like, Willis was a little I'd older, be, I think. I'd be surprised if he's back. But it's just, you. any time a decision is made, like, with a lot of emotion, it's just hard. You yeah. just don't know. Uh, and, right? and that's and, where I got at the beginning of that kind and, of rant was he is yeah, young think, enough where if he does love the game, which I think everyone says he does, that you start second-guessing in a couple years. Well, I think it's also like, has he been thinking about this one for three years or has he been thinking about this one for three months? He said it never truly cost his mind in a serious manner till about a week and a half ago. And I think so, like, his ankles got that, really say, bad. Yeah, He's pretty but, emotional. But so when you hear that, yeah, there's a lot of emotion in a dark place, whatever he but is. But he's smart enough to this, realize, wouldn't you say, the magnitude of this decision? Yeah, no doubt. I'm just saying when a decision's made with emotion, certainly somebody has the ability, can change their mind. The question is just, with, so, with a guy that has that many options, and this is why, and I don't ever get mad at like anonymous scouts when they say, well, the guy that's a Rhodes Scholar, that kind of scares the scouts off a little because they don't know after two years of football is he just going to decide, you know, I'll just go do this other thing. And people always get so mad. Like, how can you hate a guy for wanting to be a doctor? How dare you hate Bryce Love for wanting to be a doctor? It's like, look, I'm just trying to build a football team. So whatever. It, I, I, like, ideally, all my guys need this because I need them yeah. to need this. Because if you don't play like you need it, you're not going to be good but, for uh, And on the most basic element so, guy, if, like a, if a company pays someone, let's say a, lo- a high salary for a company is a place like, I'm giving you $800,000 would be the equivalent of like an NFL player, you know, let's say making like $5 million. That's a lot of money. You're making $800,000 to be like my manager of something. So I value you highly. I'm paying you a shitload of money. I hope that like you take the job very fucking seriously, right? If I, if I have two positions and I'm paying $800,000, I'm going to want that guy to be pretty invested 24-7 in whatever the business is. Like that's just, to me, it's welcome to capitalism. Welcome to the way our society works. If I pay you a lot of money... I ex- like I, I can't expect the the driver that I'm paying fifty grand to just quit on me like I, whatever well, that happens. Well, yeah, but but I think the thing people always miss or that sometimes gets missed is teams don't not want players who want to be doctors. It's just a guy that wants to be a doctor. Teams wonder is he all in on football? So it's not that like oh you you you, you don't want a guy smart enough to be a doctor. No no no, it's not that. It's just I don't want a guy that has another dream that might be bigger than football. Cause I need him to want to, because the, and here's the other part of it, because the game is so freaking brutal, you need to really want to do it. Otherwise you will say, I don't want, why am I doing and this? That gets, this and that gets, and that gets back awful. to the most basic level of why this happened is because of the position he was put in as a younger player to get killed. 
And I, I one thing I thought last night, my, my overall takeaway was this is a sport, not, not a real-life tragedy. We, we know what those are. We see them all the time. And if you're a human, you get you know moved by all the shit that's happening in the real world. I don't take sports that seriously, though I'm very financially invested, and I tr- obviously love it, and so do you, and so do people listening care a lot about sports. But right. I think we can we understand like it, Luck didn't die yesterday, but yesterday was a sports. Tra- if he's truly gone forever, is a sports tragedy, and just like you could say, yeah, you know that's where I, I'm looking at an injury. Sports people will tell you uh, Bill Walton, uh, Terrell Davis. Remember when he fucked up his knee and he had like three straight. I mean, the guy made it the Hall of Fame guy basically off three straight seasons. A sports tragedy happened that you would say was out of Luck's control. You know, because as you as you sent me that video of him talking to Pagano about going back in the game and just the stories that came out of like just how he played with a lacerated kidney, of just the the injury, the injury, and watching him talk last night and just how just how worn down he was for rehab of injuries that just won't go away, that just the pain won't go away. It shifts from a a calf to an ankle to a high ankle sprain. Like I didn't even roll my ankle. What is going on? You just it it, it, it it made him crack and you know I, I I put it I put it fully on this Colts organization not the, not the two guys running it now they didn't have anything to do with it but uh, Pagano not as much Pagano because I know what was happening Ryan Grixon was in control of the organization like people I know a lot of people were tweeting about it and I was thinking like is this mean it no he fucking created this and caught it was a huge cause of this situation like that can that be denied guy because I'm like, God, am I just kicking a dead horse? Like, no. The guy just retired! One of the best players, most talented prospects we've ever seen, who turned out to be fucking sweet at a position where it's really like, yeah, I, you know, Jimmy might be good, he might not be. I hope Derek bounces back. I mean, we hype up a lot of guys that never... Like, it, Luck was sweet from day one. I mean, was a badass. And now he's gone because of injuries. He lost his love of the game because his body was injured. I don't think how like it was one guy's one guy bears most of the blame, and, and I've come to grips with like am I being mean and just no the guy one because the 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 a lot of people ask me like why you know what's up with this Ryan Grigson because some people don't even you know it's now years away people if you're ca- if you're casual following the league and you're not following the Colts you don't quite know who it I think I don't I think if you're even kind of hardcore you'd be like what what's the deal with the Yeah I mean you know but he's I mean? been like, he's, he's been called out by countless former players of being a bad guy I can attest he's just he was just not a good person to be around and then he was but the most important thing was guy in his career is he was terrible at his job and when he got the job with the Colts now he's friends with Howie, and you know I'm trying to get Howie on Three and Out podcast, and I can't get him to commit. And he maybe he's mad because of shit I've said about Ryan over the years, even though I'm friends with him or whatever. But I could see where you know it's like Ryan's one of his good buddies, and people I know Coach Reed likes Ryan. Like people liked him. Uh, I just know the people, the underlings that actually saw his work and really dealt with him laughed when he got the job. I mean, it was laughable, guy. Uh, serious in a, in a in a in a world where it's like. If you're around high-level people, you're like, yeah, just get a job. You understand it. It was laughable. I, I swear to God, guy. I can't even emphasize it enough. The looks we all had when, even when he interviewed, because people forget, when the Colts job came open and Polian was let go after they went 2-14, and 14, it was like they got the number one pick and Andrew Luck's the quarterback. Andrew right. Luck's the quarterback. And Peyton at the time, 
he we didn't know if his career was over, but it was clear like you're just going with luck and sh- paying your kind of shit out of luck. It was one of the best jobs probably in recent memory in all of sports. Like it was to me, it's better than like Zion. It was can't miss, and and and, and Ryan Griggs got the job. It, it, it was, and then his his career resume spoke for itself. And he'll he'll probably tell you, well, we won a bunch of games, yeah, because that because the guy that you landed at home played on, the, all your other picks missed, and he got killed because of it. It's it's sad. It's a sports tragedy. I, I really believe. Well, that. I mean, you think of all the guy. You talk to football players, in particular quarterbacks, and they'll tell you just how franchise dependent a quarterback's career can often be. You know, now maybe some guys just elevate. Like, doesn't mean great players can't elevate franchises. Andrew did, but we always talk about that in the context of like the team. You going to a good franchise determines whether or not you'll have success. What's crazy is Andrew was so good, they had success. It was just he couldn't maintain the longevity because his body got annihilated over the court. Just got killed. Someone Um, tweeted at me today. They said like his greatest strength. And a lot of, like, I think Rivers really has this, and he's, for the most part, been able to be healthy, is being able to stand in the pocket and deliver strikes as you're getting killed. I mean, that's one mm-hmm. of the things the Luck did so well, right? Would just stand there and wait for that last second to get you open, and he'd just make the throws that, like, I- I'm sorry, like Jimmy and Derek, for example, just don't do. Like, he maybe he just looks different because he's taller, but he just sits there as he's getting destroyed, following through, and you're just like, that. that is... That is the NFL right there. And he did that so many times, partly because his offensive line was so bad, he was just doing it on most throws. And that's just the way he played naturally that it killed him. And yeah, looking back, I was hard on Ballard for taking Quentin Nelson. But it's you could argue it was the only decision he could make. It was a camp yeah. guard. They were desperate offensive line. He had to double down. like that. His whole franchise was on the line, right? I I, I, nope. I might be dumb, like well, just using common sense. Yeah, I don't like taking a guard in the top ten, even if he's a Hall of Famer. But if, if that's your quarterback, given his injury situation, you, you would have been, you could argue, negligent not, right? Well, you could argue, regardless of your quarterback situation. You know, we, I always laugh. We always laugh about how I any first round offensive lineman. I'm like, oh, what are we doing? But if you're not protecting your quarterback, then what are you doing? Like. It's, it was the right pick for Andrew, and it was the right pick if you don't have Andrew. Because if you don't have Andrew, now you really got to protect the guy because he might not be as good. But, so but I do think you right could pick. play this game all day long. Like, couldn't well, you no argue doubt. like just, the Chiefs, instead of trading their first rounder for Frank Clark, should have drafted an offensive lineman at the end of the first? You could, yeah. you could, but you'd say, well, just given the point in his career, Mahomes seems pretty ready to like handle some more stuff on his own, avoids hits in the pocket, that sort of thing. Better team around him. The argument would be like Seattle. What are you doing taking a first-round running back when your quarterback's running for his life? You know? Now, and if the Colts end up drafting they would a quarterback say, in the first to help round next year? Yeah, if the Colts end up drafting a quarterback in the first round next year, they'll be better off because they took the guard that they took. Well, I think they are dramatically better off with Jacoby because of the way they approached it, right? Yeah. I Yeah, it's... But when are you ever not dramatically better? Like just thinking about it, it's obvious. But when are you ever not dramatically better off when your offensive line is really good? I think the crazier part about a retirement or when a guy you know quits or walks away or just no more sport than it is like, because remember how crazy it was when the news broke, Mac has been traded or Russell Westbrook has been traded for Chris Paul. Like nothing really ends. It just guys change teams. 
I think whenever something becomes finite, like that dude is done. It's, especially when a young, it's a younger player, the reaction in your inside your body is a little like to me when a big trade happens, it's more excitement. And this one is just you're kind of it's like a bittersweet like what? It's it's more of a jaw dropper in a shocked way, in like a, almost a sad way than it is when. You know, just some bum gardener gets traded for Aaron Judge or something. You know, that would have been a sweet trade. But <laughs> see where my yeah, allegiance wow. are. I, I just, I'm just looking at the Giants. Just about to take the trophy back. But uh, Farza, uh, yeah, um, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Because you know, like, wouldn't you say one of the biggest? Well, what's the movie? You know what movie I was watching the other day is um uh I've just assumed it would come to me. Um, a Bronx Story. A Bronx Tale. A Bronx Tale? Yeah, it's a good one. And, Worst thing in life uh, is Wasted Talent. That's right. It's one of my favorite Now, is Andrew like wasted ta- Andrew's not wasted talent, but he's unrealized potential. Yeah, see, to me, wasted talent is when a guy screws around, when it's self Yeah, yeah I'm, not, I'm not saying... Un- I'm saying I'm changing wasted talent and calling it unrealized potential. Yeah. It, it, to no fault of his well, own. That, that is the thing with sports... Sometimes injuries just ruin people's careers. What could have been? And, you know, Bill Walton. Uh, happens. It does happen a lot in the NBA. It happens a lot. Yeah, it used to happen more, right, when just a knee injury was just the end of your career. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's happened a handful of times in the NBA over the last 20 years, right? Brandon, well, Brandon John, Roy, Derrick Rose. Uh, Amari Stoudemire's career just ends. You know, Brandon Roy's a great one, yeah. But I, but I'd say the difference is I was listening to a podcast, maybe with like Rosillo or something a while back. Maybe it was like Rosillo and 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 Bill during like the NBA season, and Simmons was like, "Well, if you talk to people in the NBA, he was red, medically red flag coming out of college, so like the degenerate knee existed." Andrew Luck came into this league. I mean, the equivalent of like a runway model in her prime. Like he was six five, two thirty, just. Never been injured. Was just a tank, genius. He he was just awesome. Led led this led this academic elite program that was never that good at football to a fucking BCS game. Like this guy's a machine. I mean, say what you want. Is, he kind of put. This, did he put Harbaugh on the map? Yeah. They all. I mean, look. Stanford, as it turns out, was built for more than just what Andrew Luck brought them, but. He, Did he, they get there without was he, Andrew? Was Luck? he the uh, he was the tipping point? If it was a Malcolm Gladwell book, right? No, well, yeah, I'd say it was the tipping point. But remember, like their forty-one point underdog upset of SC, that was Tavita Pritchard yeah. was the quarterback. Where, I think you would say that was the tipping point when people were like, oh, it's on, or like these yeah. guys are coming, and then you insert him the next year and they go eight and five. Um, is it about to happen with Todd Gurley? Is that what we're watching? Like, I don't know. Well, it's, it's hard to tell with other positions that can keep kind of... To me, when you can kind of come in and out of a game, that's the thing about quarterback or like a pitcher or even a basketball player. You can play hit and miss minutes. Like, if you're the quarterback, there's no rotating. Like, you're either in or you're out, right? There's no... You know when a game happens? Like Amari Cooper right now, this plantar fasciitis. It turns out it's not plantar fasciitis. It's like this... It's actually something lesser that, you know, I'm starting to think, like, Mario's a little soft, so let's just call it what it is. <laughs> but whatever it is, he can play, he can't play. But let's just say he's not 100% by week one, but he's 95%. He can just play a role where the quarterback, you're either starting quarterback or I'm, I'm fucking leaving you in street clothes. 
There's no... I guess every once in a while it happens where it's like, he's the emergency guy or he's the backup, but they don't really want to play him. They're hoping the start, the backup doesn't get hurt because the starter who is hurt isn't really able to play, but he's in pads to like kind of rally the troops. You know, it felt like luck wasn't even at that point. So, I, it just, it's hard with a quarterback. Once you're, once you're screwed physically, you're, you're done because I, I can't use you halfway. That's why I think it's been so frustrating about this whole preseason. You guy, he doesn't practice. He doesn't do anything. So they, they, they haven't had him. Yeah. Uh, you know what you made me think of, though, was uh, was Tim Lincecum. Like, that's a career that I thought, in its prime. You like, called that him a Hall of Famer should, guy. Should, should have been. Should have been, John. You said he was in Couldn't at one, on one can't day. Be. He can't be. Yeah, that was a uh, Sports Talk Live. That I was not hosting. I was a panelist. He said some things. He had just he had just pitched like a great game. We'd come right on after Giants post game. Greg Papa started yelling. Well, at me. one one reason um, why he's not a Hall of Famer is when you look at the guy with short lived careers, like Terrell Davis. Want this? You got to probably win a Super Bowl, right? Well, and his career is even shorter. Like his prime was even sh- like when you go look at Tim's prime, yeah. it's not. But I'm even comparing him to the other like football guys that recently got in. The two would be Kurt Warner and uh, and Terrell Davis. Terrell Davis is Elway, and all those guys would say, well, we won two Super Bowls. He was the best player on our team. Like, John Elway? I'm yeah. John Elway. I was no longer the best player. It was him. And then you ask every other player, they're like, yeah, Terrell Davis was the best player. And then you go to Kurt right, Warner. You're right. like, what did Kurt Warner do? Well, he only had like four or five elite years, but he won a Super Bowl and he went to another. So it's like, yeah. I, I, and I, I support both those picks. Like, I'm always in favor of those guys over, like, the Ty Laws. Like, I, they were the elite of the elite. Like, that's... And I... And I I think Luck was close, but I, I, in a perfect world, his Hall of Fame career was kind of about to start, right? These next four or five years was when he could cement it. An MVP, the things that even just if he make never won inarguable. a Super Bowl, he got to a couple, it would have been a no-brainer. Yeah, the things that make it Because, like, it is, is... Actually, let's tell the people about something, and then I'll, i got one for you. Well, are we done with Luck? Uh, well, okay, I'll just end on this then before we tell the people. Well, no, I, th- th- I think there's one, one more part of the luck story to get to. But we, go let's ahead get back to it when we come back from uh, talking about our friends at Box of Awesome. Okay. Boxofawesome.com. Promo code HAM. You just got another box. I've got, I checked, uh, I've got another one on the way. Constantly on the go. That's Haberman Middlecoff, and that's you. Oh. Grinding away at the oh, office. Oh. Hanging out with friends. Stick and move. Counts as being on the go. Not much time to think about upgrading your style or your apartment. That's why I love getting a new box of awesome. I don't even know what's coming to me um, in my box of awesome this month. Well, guy, I got uh, I just got the whiskey distiller that you put some whiskey oh, yeah. in there. It's pretty yep, sweet. I got, I got an time. awesome little day bag that I've used multiple times. Again, you just go to boxofawesome.com. You search around, and they just got a ton of cool shit that you can look at then order. And with to receive 20% off your first subscription of Box of Awesome, go to boxofawesome.com, enter the promo code HAM at checkout. That's boxofawesome.com, code HAM, promo code HAM, H-A-M, for 20% off your first box. Go do it, guy. And unlike me, who hasn't checked what I've got coming to you, you actually get to know. So you might be looking for, um, like John said, maybe looking for a little uh, little whiskey distillery, a little in-home, little bag, well, each, clothes, whatever. Each box the deal is, is fifty dollars worth, of st- under fifty bucks. But it's got seventy bucks worth of unique gear waiting inside for you. But you, what happens is you get an email ahead of time that tells you what's in the box, 
and then you have five days to change colors or sizes if it's closed or add something else to the box. Uh, and if you're not feeling the stuff that's in that mo- that month's box, you just skip it. So you're not tied to anything. You you end up you don't even get the stuff you don't you don't even get anything that you don't want. You just go on the internet, you go to the website, and you see what's coming. So there's all kinds of different stuff, limited edition cigars, all that, uh, and you'll know ahead of time. So it's great. Receive twenty percent off your first subscription box, like John said, boxofawesome.com. Enter the promo code Ham at checkout for twenty percent off. All right, your 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 thought. Well. Russell Wilson's head of the Hall of Fame. I'm pretty confident on that one, right? Yeah. Won a Super Bowl. Yep. He's he's going to rattle off the previous two years and probably a couple more where it's going to be an easy one. Cam Newton, probably closer in luck right now, right? Is Cam yeah. if it ended today, Cam Newton's not a Hall of Famer, right? Right. But he's probably closer in luck because he's accomplished. He won an MVP. I, I do feel like he's. Do you feel like he's on his way? I feel like he's on his way. Like the only thing that can hold him back now are injuries. And as we saw, he got injured in the last preseason game. Uh, the difference between luck and can't like to me, Russell Wilson, he can retire tomorrow. I'm putting him in. I just I am. He went been to multiple mm-hmm. Super Bowls, won one. I think he's probably going to win MVP. Well. He's going to need a, his. I don't know if his offensive weapons are quite good enough right now. Maybe they improve the next couple of years, but it wouldn't shock you, right? If Russell Wilson ended his career with an MVP, like at 33, 34, or whatever. It would not, but I am in total agreement. It's going to get a little more easy. challenging when you take a step back and think about it. But he's a Hall of Famer. He's a Hall of Famer. Cam, he just has to be closer in luck because he has an MVP, which is a big deal. I mean, that's in his MVP season, he was unreal. And. He he went to the Super Bowl, so I mean that's just more than luck did. I mean luck got to the AFC Championship one game once and got his ass kicked after Grinson you know, turned but, in Belichick. But look at, I hadn't really thought about it, John. Looking at him, he does have quite a bit of work to do. But I'm saying he's got two things on his resume that Andrew doesn't have. So I, I would no just, no 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 doubt no doubt. I'm just I I my initial reaction was he's closer than pro, my I thought he's closer than he might actually be. I mean John, he's had. This is his career year by year: six and ten, seven and nine, twelve and four, five and eight, fifteen and one, six and eight, eleven and five, six and eight. There's three double-digit winning seasons so far. Um, the last he's thrown more than thirty touchdowns once. I'm trying to look at his playoff wins. He he's played in seven postseason games. How many has he won? He is uh, three and four. One and where's the yeah three and four. Yeah, I mean, he's got work to do. Him and Locke had a lot of work to do. But both of them, if they'd stayed healthy another four or five years, to me, they're going to be pretty easy ones. Yeah, Cam's only 30. Yeah. So so I I don't think Locke's not going. Cam on the fence right now, but controls own destiny. Russell already in. That, that's what's crazy. And what, those and, three guys, yeah. though, the one thing you'd say at the end of the day, if you are an opposing fan or an opposing team, if you're playing any one of those three guys over the last five years in a big game, you're fucking nervous, right? Like you, like if I if I'm playing, how many like if I'm playing Sam Darnold right now, am I nervous? Well, he hasn't done enough to prove to me. If I'm playing Kirk Cousins right now, am I nervous? No, not really. If I'm playing, you know, Dak Prescott, am I nervous? Ah, eh, kinda. Like if I'm playing, you say Jimmy. If I'm playing, yeah, Jimmy. We'll see. Like Derek Mahomes, yes. Mahomes, you're terrified right now. If you're playing Derek Carr, is the average fan nervous? No, they're just not. Now he can Brady, yes. Tom, hell yeah. Rivers, yeah. Uh, I mean, you just... Th- Deshaun? Yeah, I think he's Deshaun close Watson? to that, you know? Baker? 
Yeah, to me, that's an unknown. But that's a bit like when I first say your name, hey, you're playing Russell Wilson this week. Well, better fucking play good. You know, or you're play, like Mahomes is the guy right now where it's like you're playing Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and Kevin Durant. Like he's coming and they're coming. They're trying to throw up 50. Uh, it's, it's sad. I, I just, I watched the press conference last night and was kind of gutted for him. I, I really was. I, I just, it sucks. And I, I don't blame him. I mean, it's not, it's just not his fault. Um, I think we, you and I have both, well, and here's the last thing I'll say about him. When I watched him, I thought I was watching a hall of fame. Yeah. Who won't be in the hall of fame. <laughs> no. Um, Okay, now you and I have both let it, le- left it all on the field when it comes to tweeting about booing fans. But I do feel like we tweeted about it so much that anyone that follows us on Twitter or Instagram that came to the podcast wants to hear some of it, we should. I don't want to – I don't want to – I've just – I went through in the last 20 – not even 24 hours, John, like 15 hours uh, leading up to this podcast. Like I just went through the whole cycle, and I know you did too. Um, so here's where I stand. Booing Andrew Luck is stupid. It's okay to say that it was stupid. But it's the same exact take as the few fans in Toronto that booed Kevin Durant. Those people are stupid. I don't need the mob. A little different, though. A little different because it's an opposing player. Yeah, okay. But my point is it was inappropriate, and the mob needed to tell them how inappropriate it was. And my point is, A, there aren't the people who booed Andrew Luck. There's not that many of them. So whatever. We don't need to yell at them. And B... That thing was really, like, that was so in the moment, so visceral. Of, if I was sitting there and didn't know anything, I would think, no, I'm not booing. But whatever. The league but, is built on people but, that have emotional reactions. But if Guy Haberman that's was what just you a need. season ticket holder and your yes. best player retires, that you find out with, like, the third quarter of a preseason game and then you look and he's standing there in street clothes, you, you, might, you might just boo. You might be freaked out. You don't know. You, you might boo, and that'd be stupid, and I would hope you'd regret it the next day. And maybe you're drinking a little bit, too. Well, yeah, probably. But but I don't need everybody telling them how stupid they are. And I don't think it's good business. And I don't actually, at the end of my whole Twitter thing, I don't even think maybe not that many, maybe the majority of people weren't telling them they were stupid. Most people just ignored it. Cause we all agree a hundred people in a stadium or 300 people, however many is a vast minority if they were booing. And maybe some of them I would guess would regret it. But at the end, I don't get why we have to spend so much time. And here I am spending time on it, telling people, how bad it is when they boo players who are hurt or boo players who are retiring. Because the fact is, most people aren't doing it anymore. Anyway. So I, I went full circle. Yeah, I mean, I think you talk for most people probably listen to this. Like, of course. Like, people have bad moments. Most people, he's the second best player probably in the history of their lives since they've been there. Uh, and they feel bad today. Because once they, how many people in Indianapolis, guy, when I was watching the Luck press conference, you, I, I watched a lot of press conferences on Periscope. Just during the day, I follow a lot of teams. It'll pop up. I'd say the average press conference for like Eagles, I'm talking the Cowboys, you name it, is like a grand, sometimes 1,500 people, you know, during a day, a night, whenever watching. At one point in time last night, I looked down, Andrew Luck was talking, 35,000 people were watching. 35,000 people were watching Luck talk. And it, it almost got up to 40. So a shit at once, at once, at one moment, and think about it in, in Indy, him talking. I mean, you're talking like eleven o'clock at night, maybe or ten. I mean, it was late for them. I think are they on East Coast? They might be on East Coast time. I mean, it's late. So a lot of people are finding this information out on the team, let alone the fans. No one has any clue what's going on. So I'm with you, fans. But this notion, like, listen, everyone in the media, and it's really starting to drive me nuts. And maybe I feel it more doing what we do more now. 
and the way having just bought tickets to games, like, hey guys, this shit's really expensive. Fans pay literally for everything. One thing is starting to bother me though, and the victimhood that players then used to make it like symbolize more. They they love you until they don't. Well, yeah, this is sports. So a a team, and I heard a great quote the other day. Eagles Cowboys is going to be sold out this year whether Zeke's there or not. And in 10 years, it's going to be sold out whether Carson Wentz and Dak are still there or not. This shit's been going on forever with or without like the group of players. New players will come and will... Michael Jordan left and Kobe came. Kobe left, LeBron came. Steph came and Zion will come. Uh, Andrew Luck will come and go and Mahomes will come. Like, welcome to sports. So they, they love you. Yeah, they don't love you in perpetuity. You know, Not just every player just gets perpetuity love. You're not their children. This is a conditional well, relationship, guy. You are paying, and, and these players now, because of how much money they make, I don't know, maybe it's because we hear them talk now because of Twitter, I don't know if there's ever been more out of touch with the player to understand, like, yeah, the fans are fucking nuts, and I, you're not going to find me at many games, but I do respect, and, and you, this is what you're saying, the passion, the love they have for the sports is what makes this thing go, and is what makes, guy, that, that sound that goes cha-ching happen. No question. No question. And uh, so most fa- and guy, most fans, they want to like you, right? They, they, well, well but, but keep in mind, John, why do they love you to begin with? Because you're Cause, good. Because you're a good dude? No, no, no. Well, but, but guy, well, who are the most popular players? The good ones. Well, well, why do the, the teams? The best ones. And the fa- do you know who never <laughs> complains? The, the fans when the team gets rid of a shithead or a bad player. They never do. Do you know what the problem is with players? And you hear like, I think Charles Barkley talks about this perfectly. He's like, you notice no one ever gets mad at me when I'm blowing them on TV? When I'm saying how great of a player they are? They only get mad when they don't like what they're hearing. I, I see the same thing. Like, middle class Raider fans hate you. No, there's a group of people on Twitter that get very angry when I tell them, yeah, the Raiders fucked up in Canada. Like, I, I didn't make that story up. It happened. So the, no one ever gets mad when it's like, it's 2016 and Haberman middle class are back. Is Derek Carr going to win the MVP? Is, is, are Carr and Amari going to the Hall of Fame? You know, keep talking about the Raiders. I love you guys. Hell yeah. Well, but this is where I go back to maybe, all, you know, the, 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 the vocal minority, the minority is, the vocal group is always the minority group, right? I remember in radio, what do we, like, of the people that listen, like, less than 10% of those people actually ever call a radio so show. So just right? because your so calls pandering are packed, the calls. Yeah. I think Twitter's the same thing a, now for podcasts. Yeah, so A, just because you get a bunch of calls doesn't mean you're doing a good job. But also B, the people that call will probably have a certain opinion, which will be a, a black one or a white one, right? Like, it's going to be extreme because they call. Not talking, not talking race there, just talking size. Right, most people don't call to be like, you know, let's just see how it plays out. Yeah. Like, because that person's not fired up. Well, most people who are Raider fans who listen to this podcast know, like, yeah, you guys are. I, if you listened five years ago, three years ago, then you know that we were pro Raiders. And if you listen when Levi Stadium opened, you know we we're anti the 49ers field. Like, things change. They got the grass figured out. We don't make fun of the grass anymore. It's really simple. Uh, I, I think these so, players, though, you know, because of the money, and maybe they've always thought like this. And maybe well, it's Twitter that it's like the victimhood guy. It just it I'll just tell does you not play in society. The richest people playing the victim. Like we're seeing this happen in society. Yet the athletes are doing it. And my biggest issue is not I get kind of where the athletes you live in a bubble. It's the media who makes way less but still does pretty well, especially certain ones because of the fans kind of always getting their sides and never going. Well, there is some yeah, media. Look, here. 
I, I there's definitely medium. I feel like nothing sports is just part of it happens in the medium world right now. Um, but I had to kind of take a step back and go. It was most of the meat because I was kind of you know when I was making fun of people, uh, chastising the people that booed, because again. This is where you can't say I can't say the booing is stupid. We all know that. Let's move on because nobody says that the, the, it becomes like, let's tell these people how terrible they are. Um, but I think part of the reason that the the athletes you used to just get booed in the stadium when you went 0 for 4 and then you got in your car and you went home. And as long as you didn't listen to sports talk, no one you didn't hear it. Right. Like, don't don't read it. Don't listen. Well, now people are directly because of social media able to tell you how great you are they're also able you can get in your mentions and there's 500 people in your mentions or 500,000 depending on your story telling you that you suck or well, that you're I, a pussy I got an- or I got another one so i get my point is it gets very personal so i understand why i understand how guy, how athletes can somehow end up in that place cuz i think it does get very personal for them. You don't hear from all the people that just are like, yeah, you're cool. Well, you're, you're, you're not a failure as a human. You know what else? Like, you would never talk to like them like that in real life. Well, yeah, this isn't real life. This is Twitter. You would never have started off by calling me an idiot, right? We would just would have had a normal conversation. Like, I'm at the gym yesterday. Dude walks by. Never met him. Before well, I had John, his name. Sorry, Battle Andrew, James. It, and he goes, you know what? He just, he, he, just, he just walks by and he goes, really liked your article on the Raiders the other day. But, like, let's just say he was a fan. Like, we might have – if he was on Twitter, there might have been a time when he just goes, fuck you, Middlecoff, and I respond like, fuck you, you clown. We ne- but in real life, like, that's – that would never ha- – we just would have talked normally. Just like when an athlete struggles and I boo him, well, if I see Bryce or I – but I, maybe I'm a bad example. If I walk by Draymond Green after I'm watching a Warriors game and Draymond plays pretty shitty – and I just cross him down the street. I might just go, hey, what's up, Draymond? Like, we just bite out, and he'd be like, hey. We just keep on walking. Like, we just have, probably have a normal interaction. Humans interact well, normally. John, so two things. One, if that announcement had been made by Andrew Luck at the 50-yard line with a microphone before kickoff, do you think he would have got booed? Hi, everybody. I know this is shocking, but I'm here to announce my retirement. Here are the reasons why. And then the press conference he had, he did it on You're the 50-yard line before no the game. Chance. He would have got booed. People would be like, oh, we understand. God, he's so... He started crying there. feel empathy for him. I left it all out here for you. Exactly. Listen, sports, there is a little thing that happens on the field and in the arena. And it's not just the fans that play a role. When players scream at each other, throw shit at each other, brawl, right? Like, that's not something you get to do on the sidewalk outside of a restaurant. That behavior is not acceptable. When you charge a guy on the mound, and then you don't go to jail. If you charged a guy in a restaurant, you would go to jail. Okay? Well, so the players, you get to be this emotion. The, the emotion you're allowed to have in the arena is different than the emotion you ha- have out in the world. Well, fans are the same deal. The emotion you're allowed to have in the arena, whether we agree with it or not, is different than the emotion you have in a restaurant. You start booing a guy in a restaurant, you're fucking weird. You start booing a guy in a stadium, you're just you're in a stadium acting like a fan. Most people are not the guy standing behind the dugout, four beers deep, screaming at the pitcher. That's most people are not that guy. I know, I mean, but that guy probably that guy doesn't exist at the bar yelling at the star player. Now he, him and his buddies yell at each other, whatever. But like Clayton Kershaw shows up at Giant Stadium, Oracle Park, some guy yelling at him. Clayton, you suck. He's not yelling at in a but restaurant. I, but well, yeah, I, no but shit. Got- John, no shit. Stephen Vogt's not charging Ryan Buckter in a restaurant yeah. either. Like, you just act differently. In a st- like, this is part of the deal. So, guy, if you, if you got the, let's just say. Everyone has a role to play, and it's part of why everyone's making a lot yeah, of money. you took one of the guys in the lower bowl that booed last night. If he's in the lower bowl in Indy, I mean, he's got to be making some decent cash because it's 
It's one of the bigger franchises in the league. Definitely one of the more profitable ones the last 20 years, right? They have crushed it. I mean, they have crushed it. They built that new stadium. It's fucking awesome. I mean, it's Ursay, underrated Ursay has made a sneak. He's not crafter Jerry, but I bet he'd be like, well, check my bank account because it ain't far off, motherfuckers. <laughs> you ever heard of Peyton and Luck? I've been winning and I've been charging a premium. So the guy at the bottom, and I, I got news for you, in Indy, this ain't Silicon Valley. Like, if you're paying $50,000 for season tickets, that's a lot of money. So the guy's a higher level guy in the individual community. Let's say he's 10 Stellas deep. He boos. Today, if you told that guy once he's watched the press conferences, he's like, he's a you know high level financial guy or whatever, and was sitting with Andrew Luck, he'd probably look at him and go, listen, man, I booed last night. I feel god awful. I've enjoyed every minute of your career. You made it worth it extending the tickets after Peyton retired. I have I have nothing but admiration for you. I feel good that I bought a jersey for my son with your name on it. Like that's what those people would say, and that's where the the out of touch. Like there is, and to me, it's the players. I get it because you're just in a player bubble. But the media, there is no, and I, I think this is it's why we're having success. Like on a higher level, why Barstool is crushing it. There's an out of touchness now with the media on the top of this hill and the fans down here. And I got news for you, people in the media, just like the players. The, the, without those people reading your shit, clicking on your shit, coming to your shit, having passion for this shit, you, 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 your your money goes away. Like, and, and, well, I, and so, I, yes. I've come to grips with that, and I try to be definitely more cognizant of it because I understand where my bread is buttered. And de- the league does just, too. Why do you think the league, for example, I'm not trying to make politics, wanted so far out of politics? It was pissing off a lot of their consumers. Who's the number John, one company in America? Amazon. What are they known for? Customer friendly. Sometimes hating your shit. So, like, we, we have fun with, you know, we're Raider haters, not our homers, right? Like, on Twitter. But don't get it twisted. We appreciate the people who say we hate their team because at least they engage and they listen and all that stuff. Like, I don't, I'm not mad at those people either, right? It's why in a movie, it's just usually a movie is something bad happens or there's a bad guy or you need something for people to get mad about. Like, the team wins and the team loses. This is why I always say, like, officiating matters to a point, but at the end of the day for the NFL, they don't care if the Saints call was right True. or wrong. See, I, su- I support more. When I go on my rants, I'm talking more about the guy that spent $500 than, like, I feel bad for the player necessarily. Though I do think coaches lose their Wait, job. I'm talking about the ref. What, where you, Your point is oh. you need these guys part of the movie, and it is true. The, no, no, I'm just saying from a league, from yeah. an overall business standpoint for a, for the league, like the fans are going to be mad at half the fans are going to be mad at somebody, whether it be the official or their own quarterback or their coach or their GM. It's just going to be mad at somebody. Completely agree. So I don't even know. We, we, yeah, we agree. This is why, you know, our old boss, Jason Barrett would be like, what, what you guys agree with each other? It's not acceptable. Well, I'd say and at my top, and I've never felt stronger about this now is that Jason, my brand and just everything that I care about, and I didn't mean like my brand, but just like what the show and what I like doing is just, I never want to fake anything. I, I despise well, that. So if they, in JB's defense, and he's doing well for himself these days. But I mean, that shit does, that fans, shit works on first learned, take and stuff. Like I, I well, yeah, me. but also I should be, I know I, I should also the clarify, but I should also, but I'm not being fair because he was, he never said you guys have to disagree with each other. He would just say whatever your opinion is, just have an opinion. Remember, he brought a pillow one, in one yeah. time. And but said, he, well, but he, I'm not even disputing. He's not so. even wrong, right? No, 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 no. I know. I, I just, I, I wanted to be clear about what the instruction was because I learned a ton from him. Yeah, 100. percent If I could go back, I'd probably do some things differently. Though I think we, 
doing the shit the way if you're just transparent with your stuff and you're good at what you do and clearly you know we figured something out here is that that's what people in, in this day and age and I was thinking about this today when we were growing up we we had to get our information from the the newspaper the consumer wasn't in control the newspaper the media companies were they forced shit on you they, they are no longer in control now right because our show is we we make a profit I know that like the radio station we come from does not turn a profit so you can find us you can find our show which 20 years ago where would it exist it wouldn't have been possible now we, we don't just create a show we then create a business from it and you the listener instead of listening to their shows come listen to our shows so like the game is completely changed the consumer now and this is why I try to be really cognizant about the booing fan is like the, the fan has never had more control because they have so many options like this so that when they do care as deeply as they do about like the NFL which is the biggest sport you can't just take a dump on them all yeah, I will say, though, I'm not, like all of that said, I'm not anti-media. Like, I think so much of what drives I, I, I'm not, my, my, everything my, my is opinion. Is, and I, no, I know, I know. I'm not saying you are. I'm just saying so much of what drives everything is opinion. And what gets lost in all of that is that there is a place for fact-based journalism and information. And um, But when, I, but whenever, you know, that's not anyone asks me, like, I'm not a journalist. Are you a journalist? Right. No, no, exactly. Neither am I. But that, like, do you consider yourself that, a journalist when you're calling a game, or no, just a broadcaster? No, I don't ever consider myself a journalist. But I think there are some basic tenets of journalism, like you don't say things that you're not sure aren't facts when you're in like a reporting, you know, when you're in a mode of, hey, I'm about to tell you something that is true. Well, it, it, then it needs to be true. Well, and, and that's what I think. Like, if you're listening to the show, you go, well, these guys, they do know some people, right? So if I said something right now about the 49ers or Raiders. That I insinuated to be a fact, someone with the, you might believe me. So yeah, I, but I John, think we that's, don't do but that. That's correct, but that's based on years and years and years of not being frauds. Yeah, but but right. I but like, I've always th- there is a greater, frauds will always get exposed sooner or later. Yeah, I'd like to think so, but I also think there is a personal accountability that comes with like over time there have been less and less things required for somebody to report something instead of. I need to, you know, I as your editor need to make sure that you have two sources. Now it's just, well, I'll go. No one's ed- no one's my editor. I just go on Twitter and if say, she- I talked to three people. And it's like, I'll oh, say this. Yeah, if Schefter went people. in last night with one source, that's balls, right? <laughs> <laughs> Unless the source is like Ursay or Lux Agent or something. Uh, but yeah, I mean. I, I've had, I don't even, I'm getting in the weeds. About but the what my stuff. point is now we are so conditioned to just read. I talked to two people in the league who told me and you're like, well, fuck, did you? Well, okay, John Middlecoff, year after year after year, has told me he's talked to people, and he's been right a lot. So I do believe him. But do I believe everybody? Because everybody can just say yeah. I talked to two and people. And maybe that's where our advantage, where a fan would say, well, I don't really know who to believe, and that's fair. And you're right. The, the more options is not good options. But I, I do think the, that most people, I think most people kind of know what's going on and have some feel for it, so they usually can weed out the good and the bad. And maybe I'm wrong. I don't. Yeah, I hope so. I think so. And and may, maybe may, those are the people who – those are the majority. Those are the people that don't boo. Like if we did a poll of like, – I'm trying to think. Like if I ever booed and meant it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like sometimes just you're at a game with seven people just having fun. Like have you ever booed and meant it? Like I hate you. Probably. Probably. That's a good question. But, you I don't know. know. I, I, but anyway. I don't boo. So – because I don't give a fuck enough at the game. Or I, I would have – I, I, But I'd say like 15 – if you took... I bet you did. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. 
Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.